2: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This morning in rural LA County, west of Palmdale, hundreds of firefighters continue to battle the Lake Hughes Fire. So far, it's scorched more than 10,000 acres and is 0% contained. Mandatory evacuation orders are in place for residents in the wildfire area, but because of the coronavirus, evacuees will have to stay in their cars at evacuation sites. Ron Schaefer is with the LA County Sheriff's Department.
3: The problem is the COVID protocols. The Red Cross, who we regularly depend on to set up shelters, they are unable to set
2: up those shelters because of the COVID protocols. Rugged terrain and dry conditions are hindering the battle against the blaze. That's the sound of protests earlier this year when dozens of UC Santa Cruz graduate students went on strike over low wages and the high cost of living expenses. Many of the students were then fired from their teaching jobs. Now those students are eligible to work again because of a settlement with their union. KQED's Hannah Hageman has more.
4: Social psychology PhD candidate Veronica Hamilton says the settlement is a step in the right direction we're certainly not done. Yesterday is just a sign that it's time to keep going. As part of the strike, Hamilton and colleagues withheld grades. She and 40 other graduate student strikers were fired in the spring as a result. Without a paycheck, Hamilton said she was worried she might not be able to get her degree. I thought about maybe I would try and find work with family. Maybe I would go back to working in fast food. Hamilton and other graduate students went on strike demanding a cost of living adjustment in Santa Cruz, a region plagued by high rents and a housing crisis. In June, UCSC committed to an annual $2,500 supplement to offset housing costs. Students originally requested around $1,400 a month. This week's settlement means the 41 students who were fired will be guaranteed funding through the fifth year of their studies. I think this win communicates to people across the state that when we keep fighting, we will win. We will get it. Next, Hamilton says the students plan to organize for a UC-wide cost-of-living adjustment. For The California Report, I'm Hannah Hageman in Santa Cruz.
2: Uber and Lyft drivers in California could become employees of those companies instead of contract workers in eight days because of a court injunction involving a lawsuit brought by the state attorney general against the companies. Uber and Lyft are using their network of customers and drivers to fight the ruling. And Uber is even threatening a temporary shutdown of its service. KQED's Sam Harnett reports.
0: Immediately after the injunction on Monday, Uber and Lyft sent messages to their drivers. Uber told them to vote for Proposition 22, a ballot initiative that would exempt gig companies from having to classify workers as employees. The CEO of Uber, Dara Khazarshahi, then went on MSNBC and said the company will have to suspend service in California until the election.
2: We think we comply by the laws, but if the judge and the court finds that we're not and uh, they don't give us a stay to get to November... Then we'll have to essentially shut down Uber until November.
0: With over 100,000 drivers in California, it is one of the biggest markets for Uber and Lyft. Vina DuBal, a professor of law at UC Hastings, says instead of spending money to quickly comply with the law, Uber is making threats to try and avoid regulation.
4: This was exactly what they did in their first few years. Every time there were any laws... Um, that they just didn't like. And they just said, okay, well, then we're leaving until the political environment is friendly um, is friendly to our business model.
0: DuBall says having to reclassify workers shouldn't come as a surprise. In 2018, the California Supreme Court issued the Dynamex ruling, which made it harder to classify workers as contractors. And AB5, which became law in January, is specifically aimed at reining in misclassification at gig companies.
4: I have to believe that with all of the, the smarts and political political that these companies have and talent that they have, that they absolutely have a contingency plan in place.
0: Over the last decade, gig companies have made billions by not paying for worker protections like overtime and unemployment insurance. The companies would have to start paying for those things immediately if they fail to win an
2: appeal to the injunction in eight days. For The California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. Let's turn to the pandemic. Governor Gavin Newsom is crediting mask wearing for a morsel of good news in the fight against COVID-19 in California. At a press conference yesterday, Newsom said the number of Californians hospitalized with the virus has declined by 19% in the last two weeks. What you are doing is working. Wearing those face masks is responsible, I believe, disproportionately for this trend line. But to show that we can't be complacent, there are other grimmer numbers out there. For the seven-day period that ended Monday, there were nearly a 1,000 COVID deaths in California, the highest weekly number since the pandemic began. And the trend lines of new daily infections and the test positivity rate are still unclear. That's because of a glitch in a state computer system that caused hundreds of thousands of cases to go unreported. Newsom says the backlog will likely be cleared up by the end of this week. org podcasts to sign up now that's with an s thanks in the san joaquin valley close to 300 medical professionals have signed a letter in solidarity with the black lives matter movement as valley public radio's mario bolaños reports some of those who signed say it's already had a powerful impact
5: Dr. Susan Logan is a general surgeon in Fresno. She says making the letter public is meant to serve as a way to build trust with the Black and African American community in the Valley.
4: It's... You know, putting your name there and saying, I support Black Lives Matter and Black health, and I want to make a difference and I want to change these disparities. I want to improve these disparities. I want to create a more equitable health care system.
5: Dr. Camille Bernard, a vascular surgeon in Fresno, was one of the first people to sign the letter. He says it has sparked necessary conversations leading to a new coalition at UCSF Fresno's surgical program. The Intentional Recruitment Coalition is meant to help recruit underrepresented minorities to the surgical residency.
0: You have to have physicians that reflect the patient population. It's very obvious to me, if your patients don't trust you, then they don't tend to be very
2: compliant.
5: The coalition will also facilitate conferences for diversity training to build cultural awareness, Bernard says. It will consist of at least 10 physicians who will hold their first meeting in two weeks. For the California Report in Fresno, I'm Maddie Bolaños.
2: Californians are seeing their electricity bills rise as they're forced to spend more time at home. This comes amid the uncertainty and economic hardship caused by the pandemic. Cap Radio's Scott Rod has this story. I
3: actually gasped when I saw my electric bill the other day. Sure, it's been scorching hot and I've been working from home most days, but it still caught me off guard. So, what else could I do but air my grievances on Twitter? Turns out, I was not the only one.
2: So, I'm logging in right now.
3: Mark Kuman hadn't opened his PG&E bill yet, but agreed to record his reaction.
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, ah, shoot. $434.72. For a two-bedroom, one-bath, and a home office.
3: He says that's nearly $100 more than last July's bill.
2: That hurts. That's like two car payments.
3: A PG&E spokesperson said the company expected customer bills to jump during the pandemic due to people working from home and schools shifting to distance learning. The utility has halted shutting off power for non-payment during the pandemic and has encouraged low-income customers to apply for its reduced rate program. Some state lawmakers have floated legislation that would reimburse remote workers for some home utility costs. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rodd in Sacramento.
2: The coronavirus pandemic and the state of the economy have made it harder for a lot of Californians to feed themselves. And low-income rural communities have been especially hard-hit by food insecurity. The California Report's Nina Sparling finds out how some in Plumas and Sierra counties are managing in this story for Capital Public Radio's Rural Reporting
6: Project. Rugged Roots Farm sits just off Route 70 in Plumas County, a few minutes past downtown Quincy. The first thing you see when you drive up is an old, buzzing refrigerator.
1: We wanted it right up at the front, so when people park, it's like the first thing they see.
6: Leslie Pace runs Rugged Roots Farm with Jesse Mazar. They pack the fridge full of produce most days of the week.
1: So we have some butterhead
3: and red lettuce here. We have two different kinds of carrots.
6: Leslie and Jesse call it the honor system fridge. People record what they've taken and how much it cost in a notebook. And this fridge has been a rare, reliable source of fresh produce during the pandemic.
3: And then our mixed greens are really popular. Usually we fill both shelves with that.
6: Rugged Roots Farm is a program of the La Sierra Food Project, a nonprofit that Jesse and Leslie started in 2019. At first, the pandemic looked like it would make for a difficult season. But pretty quickly, that changed.
0: We definitely are growing more food than we were planning, though, because of COVID. We were going to grow one acre, and then we doubled that.
6: Jesse and Leslie expected to sell $50 worth of produce a week out of the fridge. But so far, it's been bringing in hundreds of dollars a week. And the fridge is just one of a handful of ways that Jesse and Leslie have been working to get their food to the people who need it most. They also do a weekly produce box at a range of prices. Leslie and Jesse asked people to volunteer nine hours over the whole season to receive 15 weeks of free produce. As with the fridge, many more people have signed up than they expected. In part, that's evidence of how COVID-19 has changed how people in Plumas and Sierra counties are getting their food. Tammy Muldoon runs the High Sierra Family Resource Center in the Sierra County town of Loyalton. In a typical week, 60 or 70 families would come to pick up free food.
5: But after COVID, now we had about 140 families that we were seeing in like April, May, June.
6: That increase is partly due to financial pressures, but Tammy says it's mostly because people aren't heading out of town to stock up on groceries like they did pre-pandemic. Megan Mansfield has seen the same trend on a county level. She's a health educator at the Plumas County Public Health Agency. More people wanted to shop locally rather than cross state or county lines to buy food. That put a lot of pressure on supply chains. Our grocery stores were empty, especially fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains, as well as meat and dairy. We were out for quite a while. Throughout Sierra and Plumas counties, people have been turning towards food banks and food pantries. Megan says the pandemic put a magnifying glass on an issue that's already been very present. We are not food sovereign here. We do not have enough food to last all of the people in this county even a week if a bigger disaster hit and we couldn't import our food here. That's really scary. That's really scary. That's the same issue that Jesse and Leslie are trying to address with the La Sierra Food Project by growing food for Plumas County in Plumas County. For The California Report, I'm Nina Sparling.
2: And that is The California Report for Thursday, August 13th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
5: Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, a not-for-profit offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. For more information, visit earthquakeauthority.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, no sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor.